Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse, hosted by the unofficial director of morale of the Chicago Cubs, Dom Frederick. We're talking weekly with people in and around the Chicago Cubs organization and Wrigley Field, players, fans, announcers, employees, bartenders, whoever it may be to get a pulse of what's going on around Wrigleyville. Before we get to the show, this episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you need any team apparel for your organization, sports team, reach out to them. They have the best athleisure hoodies and customized for your team. We love them here over at Morale Supply Co. And they handle all of our merch as well. So we trust them. Great designs, great product. If you're interested, you get 20% off your first order when you mention morale when you reach out. Go to www.clubhouseathletic.com. That's www.clubhouseathletic.com for great team wear. Elevate your team wear today. Now into the show. <laughs> you guys were on the golf push last season. We're firing golf polos right now. We just we just closed the Jardinera open. I didn't know that. All right, Fred. Do me start it off. Five hundred. Start us off. Cubs are back. We're back in. We're yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us. We're back at five hundred uh, seventeen and seventeen. Um, last time we talked, Adam, I think we were what one game under. So uh improvement i feel like we're in a good spot right now i know we lost yesterday in the whatever it was 14 13 in a game um that was tough it would have been nice to sweep especially it would have been nice like sweep with the momentum we had after the ninth and 10th inning that would have been fantastic so losing that one is tough but overall positive weekend and then coming into a series and adam i know you hear me say it all the time i haven't said it as much this year but like this is a really big series. I feel like this is a big momentum series where you can kind of stomp on a team that is obviously your rival, but is also not very good. And they have the potential to be good. They showed that last year. They've showed that in previous seasons. But the Cardinals are really struggling right now. And with all the stuff with Wilson Contreras, uh, I know we're going to go into detail on that. We're going to talk about that a lot. I feel like we have a big chance to, to turn the corner here and find ourselves in a situation where we can propel us into uh, the month of May and, and then heading into summertime. I, I, I'm glad and I'm happy how we've treaded water in a sense. You know, we had that rough patch uh, a week and a half ago. We're coming out of it. We have a chance to absolutely do damage on this dumb organization, uh, show Wilson Contreras who the better organization really is. Uh, and, and, and get fired up moving forward. Yeah. So in this, in the show, we'll go over, obviously we're going to go spend a lot of time on the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras because, uh, there's a lot of things to go through. Um, we'll go over the debut, Matt Mervis and this past week of events. Um, we'll go through some player rundowns. We've got some fun Twitter highlights. Mm -hmm. We'll go over some fun things this past week, and then he'll take us out with Olive Garden. Well, before we get into the Cardinals stuff, just quickly recap on this last weekend a little bit more, how you felt about the team. I mean, Wrigley, had we swept, would have been it would have been a beautiful weekend, but still, I don't think it takes away. Wrigley was electric yesterday. 
and let's not forget the Marlins swept us the the week before. Yeah, I mean the Marlins the, the Marlins uh took us to town the week prior and uh I love the energy at Wrigley. I don't know what the attendance number was. I don't want to keep going back to that Adam, but um again, that is something that I'm paying attention to this year. I had a few people actually reach out after listening to the podcast last week and give their thoughts about, you know, schools still in session right now. Once that's over, once summertime really begins, we'll start to see those numbers increase. Potentially, I hope they're right. Uh, but it was electric. Uh, regardless of how many people were there, it was absolutely electric. Adam, I don't know if you just want to kick right into it, but Matt Mervis's dad stole the show for me on Friday. I just, like, that hair coming from a guy who has uh, aggressively lost his hair. Um, that look is, that look was something, man. That look was something. And it was, he had the, he had like, you know, the dad, you know, I don't even know what it's called, Adam. You have just hair on the sides and you got the, you know, bald spot down the middle. He had that, but then he had this like patch, almost like it was, it was, it had to have been fake hair. It had to have been fake hair. And then he just let everything else go. And he just kept kept the patch that he probably paid for, you know, whatever it was 15 years ago. And it was just, it was incredible. It was an incredible look. And I hate the fact that um, at the end of the series yesterday, he was wearing a hat the last two days. Like, and it looked like he was sitting in the same seats. He's sitting, you know, in the shade. You know, the wind, um, the sun is coming from the west, so on the third base side, you know, you have the the bleachers and the overhang that's that's giving shade to that third base line. Like he wasn't baking out in the sun. He didn't need to have the hat on. And and I hated that he went to it. So I don't know if it got back to him that people were making fun of it. I want to be clear. I was not making fun of that hair. That hair is how we win again. That that hair is how we we build, you know, positive momentum moving forward. That that hair was absolutely electric, coupled with the fact he looks like he could hit fifty tanks out there. He looks like he's been in the gym, which fired me up. Um, but I, you know, he, he stole the show for there, me. And then right after that, so relatable, there's something so relatable about that hair and not in the sense that like, Oh, that my dad has that hair or something. It was just relatable to the fact that like a dad, that's a dad move to just have that hair and just wear that hair out. And you know, that's, that's, that's his hair. That's why he's going to wear it. And that was the relatable part it was like, yeah, my dad doesn't have that. It's hair, relatable for also, me. Like, my my dad puts on a fedora every now and then, and that's his thing. And you're like, oh my god, this is and that's that's the relatable part that I found. Just wait, are you serious? So heartwarming. I'm like, wait, oh, your dad. Wait, your like dad puts thing. on a fedora. It. I think uh, like five years ago, five years ago, he just walked out of the house to like a family event and put a fedora on, and as if as if he had been wearing it for the past sixty years of his life. And and we couldn't really say oh anything. He just you I mean, he put it on and he wore it. My mom was was disgusted, and it it's to the point now where he has like a couple different fedoras. He wears a different one for different occasions. And but oh that's my a god, dad move that I are you serious? The hair. Wait, that's incredible. I've actually thought about doing that myself. I'm, I've thought about doing that myself. I think Actually, he thinks I've, it's I've like a cool older Italian. Just like wearing a different. <laughs> I've thought about wearing that to work on, you know, and wear one one a week, and just like 
just wear a whole assortment of things. I've thought well, about you're that. A dad now and it's too, like, you know, what, what are it, people going to say? Yeah. It's not, it's not that it's no, cool I mean, or it's I, not. It's just cool that the, you're doing it despite everybody else and with full confidence. And yeah. that's the dad side of it. That's just amazing to see. And so that's what I love to see out of Mr. Yeah. Marcus. I know, I know. Yeah. I know people don't come here to listen uh, to me, you know, give dad perspective, but I, I will say once I have become a father, you know, it's all about like efficiency and durability for me. So like if, if, for instance, I'm assuming with him that look, you know, like he pro that look probably doesn't have a lot of upkeep. You know, he's got the fake hair on top and he, it just like, it, it works. It's, it's durable. Like that hair, that, that hair on top is going to be there, but he doesn't have to do too much with it. And I'll be, I'll, I'll give him credit. I think you, I think you can pull it off in a way um, in different settings. And it was just, it was just fantastic. Then Adam, not to get totally off topic, but Mervis going to Murphy's um, the the day after. Incredible. Him where – I mean, Adam, I swear to God I felt like Mervis was trolling us with his look the entire weekend. That was the Frank Schwindel. We remember, Adam, two years ago. That was the Frank Schwindel Gucci shoes, uh, polo, the, the pant. Like, it was to a T – he didn't have the Gucci stuff, but it was like Travis Matthew shirt, the the watch, the you know the white whatever. I don't even know what those shoes are called. Um, and the the khakis, like it was two a T. I think he wore the same outfit three days in a row, walking the ballpark, and he's wearing it at Murphy's. Listen, it. I I'll say this to everybody, and and for any Cub that comes up, the first thing you need to do as a rookie or just like periodically, you know, as you're a cub is just hang out at Murphy's or Bernie's or one of the, the bars for 30 minutes after a game. And I'm telling you, you will make fans for life. It, it's something easy that you can do. Like, honestly, for me, when Frank did that, he, he went, he skyrocketed up my board in terms of, uh, you know, my appreciation for him and, Mervis doing the exact same thing. It's just an easy thing to do. I'm not saying it's something you can like manipulate, but um, I, I just love the fact that he's hanging out there after games. And it really brought back, you know, who Adam, we should have him on because he hit a home run the other day in Japan. It really brought back the, you know, Frank Schwindel vibes. Now I know some people aren't a huge fan of those times. I totally get it. You know, we were really bad then. Um, but there were some good memories in there too. And I, I just thought it was absolutely fabulous. Great move by the rookie. You're, you're Fred, you're like firing yeah. through my, this is how we win again segments in our Twitter highlights. But <laughs> just so you know, we will cover everything that I'm you're sorry. talking about, including Frank the Tank. No, hey, we could jump through those, but we'll get into more detail. But I'm, I'm sorry. I over just this like, past, I mean, we'll, it's just like, it's important. It was the thing. first thing that came to mind. Like, Adam, yeah, it was it was the first thing that came. I do think it I was do the first think thing that came to mind. Debuts like you wrap out, you should wrap out your debut weekend in Wrigley. That should be a thing, and that's like required in contract. Um, hold on, give me a second here, Adam. It was the uh, it was the first thing that came to mind. 
All right, cut that out for a second. Um, it, it was the first thing that came to my mind, and it was uh, it's it's just a special it's just a special thing. It's, it's something that makes Wrigley unique, and um, everyone's bringing up also Mark Grace ripping cigs. You know, in back in the '90s, probably doing that all the time, going to Murphy's and Sluggers. I know Rizzo would do that a few times. Uh, trying to go incognito in his early years before the Cubs got really good. It's just special. He's also nervous too. Like um, one area of improvement. I don't know if you can, and some people are going to think about this the wrong way. He is as like one of the most unassuming looking dudes of all time. Like he, I know he's like a big guy, but he's also like not really a big guy. He looks like, um, Everyone was saying he looks like an accountant. He looks like he sells insurance. He doesn't look like an athlete. No offense, Matt, if you listen to this. Like, he just doesn't, and I just thought that made it look so much better. Yeah, I mean, you might say otherwise if you saw him in person. I, I feel like he's probably uh, – just his size will be uh, – say otherwise, but not, I see what you're saying. He's not like a, like, big-built dude. He looks like a – he looks like – he looks like he was a – people are going to take this the wrong way, but – he looks like he was a picture. He looks like he could put on 25 pounds. And then you're really talking about like a, a bopper in there, like a Rizzo. You know, he's not a Rizzo. Even a Frank. I mean, Frank yeah. was a built dude, but Mervis, I mean, he's 25. I mean, you know, he's young, but yeah. Let's jump into the Cardinals series and the Contreras news and everything like that. And let's you take it away with I'm gonna, where you're at. We have, we have a huge chance to make a dent in the Cardinals season, and as I said earlier, propel us moving forward. The Cardinals are in shambles right now. They stink. That, like, And the fact that this news of Wilson essentially losing his catching job or like not even being a catcher anymore, leading right up to them playing the Cubs, is a shame, and it's a disgrace. Wilson Contreras should be catching against the Cubs in the federal landmark. A, because... Well, I'm not going to say he necessarily deserves it, but it would be it's going to be fantastic TV if he is behind the plate. I I've said it all off season. He's going to he's going to start a brawl. Like it it's going to happen. Like I I need to see. It's almost like it's going to be something out of like Gladiator. Like something goes wrong and you know he's not getting the call he wants or or you know, it's just heated from, you know, People who they said are going to boo him uh, over the course of the next three games. He's just going to get perturbed. He's going to be aggressive. We know that's how he plays, and he's going to get pissed off enough to where he's want to. He's going to want to light a fire on the field and absolutely go after people. Um, and it's a shame that he's not going to be able to do that from behind the plate. I, I hate that we're we're putting him away in the back corner for a series like this, um, and it shows just how I mean the Cardinals are an absolute mess they're they're just an absolute mess um and for I know that's for, what Wilson uh, shows but for context for people that are not following on Twitter or even David Ross acted like he didn't know about the Wilson Contreras news yesterday but um the Cardinals have pretty much removed Wilson from catching oh staff. yeah Move him to the outfield slash DH, yep. and they're kind of like we'll figure out what we can do. Basically, with this guy. DH. Yeah, yeah. Like he's literally become 
it, it's almost like what we've seen with a few veterans over the course of, of our time here. Kind of like Jason Hayward his last couple of years, like, all right, we'll try him in center field, but like say is here now, like he can't play right anymore, like that type of thing. And that's happening a month into him signing a pretty substantial contract. It's a five-year deal. I mean, and the, just and absolutely saying, wild the fact that they're already at that point. They're saying what? That like he's pretty much not preparing for games the way that they like their not their preparing not yeah i mean I, I i can assume from wilson's perspective like he has a certain way of doing things and i'm not saying i, I don't know any information of this other than i'm just assuming that the way the Cardinals go about doing their scouting or their prep work is a lot different. And well, yeah, they're a maybe some, they, they run things. Exactly. You know, things, in, individuals, they're, they're button heads. You've got opinions. There's some pride on the line and maybe it just wasn't finding, you know, common ground. Also, you know, listen, pitchers have rumored in the past that Wilson is really hard to throw to. Even though Adam, when we talked to Justin multiple times about it, he was always like pretty, um, you know, thankful and and supportive of what Wilson did. So that's a guy who threw to him many times. Um, I don't know if it's like the glove dip thing where he's like putting his glove on the ground and then popping it up all the time. Again, I'm not a catching expert, but there's something about it, like his demeanor back there that is just not comforting enough for a pitcher. Um, the fact that they've gotten to this point, I mean, for anyone wanting to pay Wilson Contreras five years, 80 mil to be a DH is wild because, again, he's a good hitter, but he's he also is, like, very streaky, and he gets injured a lot, and he's, like, you know, he's not a, he's not a prototypical DH that will just bop for you, especially in today's age where... Uh, there are a few guys that have been able to hung around, uh, hang around for a long time considering the DH is into effect. So, um, yeah, that organization is an absolute shambles. Um, and I just want to really rub their face in it the next couple games. So let's talk about the reception that everyone's torn on. Everyone's like, Will's Contreras is cup for life. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I think it will I, be a mix. I don't know how people are torn on this. You, but you're, I know for a fact there is going to be a mixed, like you're going to hear booze and you're going to hear, like, whether or yeah. not I agree with it, that's what we're going to hear. What's your take on it? I, I think, I think as I've gotten older, I've become more accepting and forgiving. And I don't know, man, they got, listen, the, what we loved Wilson for, for so long is his fire, his passion, his energy, his commitment to the team. And when he signed with St. Louis, like we knew the Cubs didn't want him anymore. The Cubs barely negotiated with him, which we, you know, had issue with. But he chose a new team and he wanted to dive in on the team. Now, would I have said the same things Wilson said? No. I will make fun of the things Wilson said, like better organization, um, you know, him, I don't know, like wanting to – play for the Cardinals with Albert Poole when Albert Poole's at the home run. Like, yeah, I'll make fun of that because it is kind of – I mean, the better organization stuff is is silly. Um, But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Wolf Contreras is 
tenure with Chicago Cubs didn't mean anything. Like, he's a multiple-time All-Star. He's a world champion. He was a leader. He was a fan favorite. He was, like, a legit catcher. I mean, one of the best catchers in the game for a while. And uh, good guy. And that's another thing I think we're forgetting. Like, good dude. Never had any issues, right? Like, no, there was never any off-the-field issues. There were ne- never any, you know, problems. Like, media stuff. Uh, there was never any things. He, he, he did call out the team that one time. He had the, you know, me back or me friend thing, which he got mad about. He's, you know, he's got his, he's got his social media issues, but um, – uh, or social media quirks. Um, but other than that, like he's, he was a good dude and he was, he's just, he's a cub for life. So I don't know, even though he said that stuff, I think he still deserves an ovation, but at the same time, like absolutely go ahead and, and, you know, cheer when he, he strikes out and cheer when the Cardinals lose by 10 and, you know, poke fun at him for it. Um, I mean, I, I've done the same thing. Like the, I still think it's one of my better, better tweets in a while. Uh, of uh, Wilson's the true Trojan horse. He's he's the the guy that that comes into you know the new uh, whatever. I should know this uh, Trojan horse that happened in I don't know I don't know what uh, place it happened in 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 world history, but comes in and and uh, the, the the issue is inside the Trojan horse, and that's what Wilson is. He's the big shiny new catcher object with inside of it. He can't really handle a pitching staff or obviously catch well enough to even stay on the job for a month. <laughs> so um, a lot of people have said the him sabotaging the Cardinals is, is going absolutely according to plan. Uh, and I'll make, I'll make fun of that too, because it is true. But other than that, I'm, I'm giving him a standing go. Well, I'm not going to be at the game tonight, but for that when the game too, comes on, I'm, I'm standing up. For that reason too, Cub for life. I mean, he's continuing to yeah, Cub for life. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Cub for life. I mean, that's another thing. I'm surprised. I mean, you know, if you got any uh, sense of humor to you, like you're like, oh my god, this is working absolutely perfect. Like he's he's helping us, and it's better than him going out and like. I mean, I know he's playing well, but it's better than him like absolutely lighting the world on fire. Like I'd rather this happen where he's like, their team stinks and. He can't catch for them anymore, and you know he can't do he can't do any of this this stuff for them, and like he's contributing to their dysfunction. Like I, I'm I'm totally here for that, and us just giving him a simple standing ovation and recognizing his time as a Cub is a very simple you know transaction that that should take place uh, because he deserves it. So the Cardinals are coming into, but this- he does he doesn't hold on. I, I want to clarify something. He only deserves one ovation. That that happens the one time. That's it. The rest of the time, we're good. We're good. Because so, he is going to start a fight. So we don't need to be give awarding ovations like, you know, uh, for for a guy that's about to fight our dugout. But there's got to get there, there. There's, I mean, especially if Wilson has a bad, a bad uh, week. I mean, he's having a bad week, but. If he doesn't play well, you're probably gonna get you're gonna get a lot of Jed was right. I I've kind of said it myself. Like the catching situation, I know Barnhart kind of had a tough game yesterday, but um, with Amaya being here now, like Jed was right, 
Jeff was right, and, and Jan Gomes was absolutely raking. That's another topic for another time in terms of how the Cubs handled the catching position moving forward. But um, he was right, and uh, you know that I'm assuming that's going to carry on throughout these next couple of games. We were talking a little bit on like Friday or Saturday, just catching up, and now the Cardinals are entering this series like broken, and the Cubs have an opportunity at home to just broken. to just push, keep them, keep them down. You were talking to me before about how yep. you've changed a little bit over these past few years of like, as a fan of how you're looking at the Cubs and the organization. And I'm feeling from you a little bit of this almost like a dark side of like a fire. Like it's time for us to really assert ourselves. Oh yeah. Series to do it. Well, I kind of talk to me about that. Yeah. And I kind of even, I kind of even felt that um, in a way Listen, I mean, I, I don't want to say I started this or I, you know, was in charge of doing this, but I, I, over the years, am definitely someone who hypes up the team a lot. Um, and I've been guilty of doing that. And I almost felt like, in a way, I, I've, I've played myself and I burned myself. That doesn't mean I'm not going to get excited for guys. It doesn't mean I'm not excited for the PCAs and even the Matt Mervises, right? But there's part of me now that's like, well, I want to go out and prove it again. What do you I mean want... by that? Like, hype, like, what was that? Well, just like, I mean, you know, a guy, a guy, a guy hits two homers in uh, whatever, you know, high A South Bend, and we're about to, you know, give him a, you know, starting job in, in, in two years. Like, oh, he's the dude. No, it's like, you got to go out and prove it. I feel like because our fan base is so invested like we crown players more than any other fan base or any other, you know, organization in the sports, in the sports world, because we're like, Oh my God, this guy's going to be good. Oh my God. Like this is incredible. You know, and we get so fired up again. I'm guilty of doing that, but I want to get back to like truly sticking it to people again, like going out there and earning it. doesn't mean I'm not excited for these guys, but I want to go out and earn it again. Cause I felt like we, we do have a lot of hype around the team. I mean, we're seeing it in a guy like right now, say, you know, has a good year last year, but he's, he's kind of struggling right now. And he's not, you know, he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be like a cornerstone dude. I was thinking about this morning. I was like, hey, say, you got to come out and prove it now. Like you, I know, you know, I know you're a, uh, I know you're, this is your second year, but you're, you're kind of an, older dude like you're 28 years old like it's time to go right it's time to go like i want to go out and prove it and see guys prove it and this is an it, this is another opportunity to do that against against a team we should rock a team that we've been rivals with for forever um so yeah there is like that dark side of like i want to really stick at the teams more than i necessarily want to just celebrate our guys all the time if that makes sense yeah and this is, this I want to see. I want to see the Cardinals. Cardinals suffer a little bit. We were talking about it with the White Sox last week. Like, I'm, I don't want to go into detail on the White Sox, but the White Sox and that fan base played themselves. And there is part of me that's like, you guys didn't even understand what it was like to win. You didn't even understand how hard it is to win. And I am kind of looking forward to when we play them and blowing their doors off. Hopefully, to be like, you know, you guys, you guys never understood it from the jump. And, and they, and they, and they were, they were mouthing off for so long. And I just kind of took it for years, you know, the whole Han stuff and see at the parade and the Cubs were one and done the windows closed and, and all that type of stuff. I want to get back to sticking it to teams like we used to. 
any other notes on, on you said this too i think maybe it was on text message phone call or on twitter but it this i, I this thought of like it's unacceptable to be 500 this team you said you got to bring up yeah you know, hold on something one minute we have one minute left yeah 12 40. all right we got to record on your way home or something <laughs> we'll record on your way home or something but finish all right well yeah yeah we'll, we'll record on the way home Finish out this thought. It's unacceptable to be 500, and you're saying we've got to bring up guys if, if they're ready to play, and there's no more of this, like, we're just going to see how this team does. Sense of urgency. Exactly. Sense of, sense of urgency. It's it's almost like a win-now, like, mentality. Nothing's guaranteed. We've seen that for years, right? I'm seeing it with the White Sox. Nothing's guaranteed. You play the best sign every single time. You, you put the best 26 out, you know, in the – in the dugout at the federal landmark every single time you had a game. And yeah, that, that, that is, I, I don't, I listen, I know guys have to grow guys have to improve guys have to show what they can do. But at the same time, it's like, we got to go, we got to go. Like it's time, it's time to move. It's time to win. It's time to win something again. All right. We'll, we'll carry this on part two later on. All right. Uh, I'll call you. I'll call you on my way home. All right. See ya. So go into our player rundown. Um, I feel like a lot of players have been jumping off the page as, start the season especially this past week um i don't know who you want to start with but i'm gonna go to hayden wisniski who um had a rough start and is um picked it up and then also in his press conference has added like some fun tidbits for us to listen in on i don't know if you got a chance to listen to those yeah he seems like a relatively insightful guy um i'm happy he steadied the ship i'm still confused about him though like I, um, there, there's something about him and how he started. Maybe I'm wrong. I just felt like he'd be more, as foolish as it sounds, like more dominant. I'm just surprised with how little he's striking guys out. Um, and I just thought his stuff would play a little bit more. Again, I know it's early. I know he's just, uh, you know, just, uh, getting his feet wet in terms of his big league career, but um, I'm still trying to figure him out. He's been solid though. He studied the ship. He's essentially pitching like a fifth starter. I guess I just never really looked at him even this season as a still a rookie as a fifth starter. I thought, I thought he was more than that. And obviously he still can be more than that. So I'm still trying to figure that one out. We had mentioned a little bit about like the type of guys you're bringing into the Cubs as we were bringing up young guys. He talked like how important it is to have like leadership or players that have won on a team for these young guys to come in and learn from. Did you hear his quote about like Hendricks yeah. and watching Kyle Hendricks? Yeah, it's like one of the most uh, incredible things he's ever yeah. seen in his life. That's another storyline that we haven't talked about yet. I don't know where Kyle fits into this if he's help if he's healthy and able again. I do think though his presence. Um, just knowing, I mean, he's always had the presence. He, he's obviously not this like standout, um, you know, front of the pack leader, but obviously he's a guy you want in the clubhouse. And if he can still pitch, um, that's someone I definitely want around. So I don't know where he fits, but I am excited at the idea that Kyle could be back with this team and and pitching meaningful innings for this team. Um, but overall just to have him there, you know, pitching, uh, and, and helping a guy like Wisniewski, obviously their profiles are totally different. Wisniewski being more of like a power pitcher with a, you know, knockout slider. 
that's not what Kyle is at all. But again, I mean, if he can learn something from Kyle, maybe he picks up some type of two seam. Maybe he picks up obviously the location that Kyle always had. Um, you know, Wisniewski could definitely use that. And the thing he keeps talking about too is just routine and preparation. So I feel like you probably pick up on a lot of that of veteran, some veteran knowledge. Yeah, I mean Kyle. Um, Kyle- Kyle's the ultimate professional. He's uh, Kyle's the ultimate professional. I mean, that guy just, I mean, think about all the years we had him and it was just every single time you knew what you were getting from him. He'd have like a clunker every six weeks, but other than that, it was just consistent. It was routine. It was reliable. And for a starting pitcher, especially for a young starting pitcher, if you can get that down early, and then continue to grow on your talent, like, man, that's huge. And, 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 if, and if Hayden can figure that out, we really have something there. That, that is true. And also Hendricks, can, I could also see his, like, career ending him going off kind of quietly the same way he's always been in his career where he's, like, quietly yeah, some, like, quietly dominant months where, like, the most underappreciated or, like, maybe the most under-talked about oh, yeah. pitcher who had just had no one else outside of the Cubs – fan base it seemed like we're really talking about him with the numbers he was putting up back in the day well do you know who else is doing that right now i know we're gonna bring it up justin seals doing that right now i mean he is not i know i know he's getting the he's getting the national love but this guy just shows up every day and gets it done i mean he's a problem in the way you know i mean let's let's think back to jake right like Jake, it was, you know, Jesus Christ walking on water every fifth day, you know, putting up this performance that we had never seen before. I'm not saying Justin is doing exactly that, but he's pretty close and he's doing it with no issues, no problems. I mean, I bet half the league doesn't know who Justin Steele is. And he's, again, he's been here for kind of a while. I think he made his big league debut in 2020 um, out of the bullpen, if I believe so just been god consistent as all hell and um i mean everyone knows we're you know we're some of his biggest fans he's a morale athlete he's fantastic but just like they get you don't even think twice now when he's going up uh pitching because he just gets it done and he's just so quiet about it again the routine the consistency the durability um what we're seeing him improve upon him getting to seven innings. I mean, we talked about it last year. He said himself, like, if I can get to six, seven innings, then I feel like I'm worth of, like, an A grade right at the end of the year when we gave the grades in the mm-hmm. winter. Um, and he's gone out and done it. And it's it's just been pretty remarkable to see him having a really solid year last year, but just getting quietly better, even though it's substantially better this year. It's got to be something about, like, personality that plays into that because – he comes off as so casual and like, like you said, in control and everything. So maybe like the sh- it's not like a lot of show about him. He just does his job, and it's like you said, it's been lights out. Yeah, he exactly. Well, I mean, Adam, what other can you say about a, a big country fastball? Is a big country fastball. It's come here and hit it, and guys just can't hit it. It's, I mean, he again. I haven't looked at his pitch usage recently. We can ask him. Um, I don't know if he's fully developed the changeup. To me, he just remind he reminds me of Rich Hill, um, and I know that's not the comp maybe everyone loves, but it's like 
it's fastball, breaking ball, or I'm sorry, cutter, breaking ball, and I'm just going to throw it at you. I'm going to throw it in on you. I'm not going to give in. I'm just going to just go at you all the time. He's better than Rich Hill is, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just like no fear. I'm attacking hitters. I- I'm getting it done, and he-, he he gets results. I mean, he's been fantastic. I don't want to – you said ace. You've been even hesitant to, to throw it out there. Oh, ace. ace. Full ace. Full ace. Full ace. Full, I mean, I believe in the guy over over everything, more, more than I have with, with other pitchers out there. Um, and I don't like to use the term ace loosely because, you know, I, you just like, like we talked about earlier, you can't just fling all these uh, monikers on people and then not, not have them live up to it. But I believe in the person. I believe in the competitor. We've always believed in the competitor. I believe in the work ethic. I mean, the guy, you know, this is the type of guy you want on a team. And, um, yeah, absolute ace. Absolute ace. Is he Jacob DeGrom? No. Is he Max Scherzer? No. But he, like, there are tiers of aces, and he's absolutely up there. And, yes, he's the guy who stops a losing streak. He's the guy who you know what you're getting every time out. That's exactly how he's pitching right now. I have no problem with saying that he's an and from a, he's he's deserved it he's been fantastic i'm a casual you know that so from a casuals i just a, a question from a casual standpoint how much of it has to do though on the a yeah. side of it of the marketing side of the player like for example like stroman of course is just like he's headline news every time he does anything and the way he is he just makes headlines yeah. and justin Steele is not like that and or you say you know scherzer like some people have some bigger than life. Their personalities are just like, you know, headline grabbing. So how much yeah. do you think has to do with it? Well, Justin's not like he, he, oh yeah, for sure. A- absolutely. I mean, but Justin doesn't have like, and I think he'd agree. He's from Loosedale, Mississippi. He like, he doesn't have the pedigree. I think he's a fifth round pick who has been in the Cubs system for a decade and you know, I know people talked about him, but like he's been around the, he's been around for a while. He, he's not like he's not twenty three years old. It's not like he's coming out of you know this incredible prep career um, and has just flying through the minor leagues. He's been around a while, and but because of his demeanor, because of all this stuff, he just flies under the radar. I also think it's his game too. I he doesn't have like. None of his pitches like absolutely jump off the page when you watch him. Sure, he has a really good breaking ball. I know he says slider, curve. To me, it all looks the same. It's just this, you know, tumbling ball that that, that goes into the uh, left. Uh, I'm sorry, the right-handed hitter's batter's box. Um, but he just, it, it's just something about it. It's almost again. I know everyone calls him John Lister Jr., but it's like. That John Lester factor of like none of the pitches look incredible, but he just hits spots and he gets job he gets the job done. I feel like uh, Justin's a little more uh, deceptive in terms of his delivery and the fact that he really only does it with two pitches. Again, don't quote me on it because I haven't looked at his uh, pitch usage recently, um, but it's just something about him that flies under the radar. And when you're from Loosedale, Mississippi, a town of what Adam five hundred. Am I being am, am I giving too am I being uh, too generous there? Um, he's just a he's just a regular dude, man. That that can can really throw a baseball. Um, 
I think that's just why people don't give him as much attention. Loosedale, Mississippi, 2,900, booming Metropolis. 2,900. All right, I was wrong. Um, he makes it sound like it's. He makes it sound like it's 10 people. All right. And we're short for time in the player rundown. We would touch on Mr. Consistent and Nico Horner and a lot of other guys, but for the sake of time, I'll uh, go to the, some of the guys, the roster shakeups, Matt Mervis, your thoughts on his debut weekend. Uh, solid. I know he had the, what, two strikeouts the first day. He had a hit every game, right? I think he had a hit in every single game, a uh, couple RBIs, solid. I, I, he's someone I'm going to be bullish on. To me, to me, everything that I look for in a hitter is there. Like, he doesn't strike out a lot. He, he, he seems like he has a solid move at the plate. It doesn't seem like a crazy swing. Um, if anything, I think his upside is like super high. I'm not saying he's the best athlete ever, but kind of what I was saying earlier, he looks like a guy that could add 30 pounds and, hit the ball even harder than he did. I think his first at bat, his first single in the big leagues, uh, was hit 111 miles an hour. I mean, that's absolutely smoked. Um, so you see him develop a little bit more. He's playing a position where, you know, it's not like he's running around in center field or diving around at shortstop. Like I think he's going to be durable enough. He's athletic to the extent where he was a two way guy in college. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be bullish on him. I, I, I feel a lot better about him. No offense. I know everyone's excited about Christopher Morrell, like Mr. Electricity, like absolute, you know, like <laughs> just like a ball of energy. Um, but I, I feel better about Mervis than, than I do Morrell, just because I don't think Mervis is going to go on these stretches where he strikes out 50% of the time in a week or something like that, like we like we used to see Javi do. And he had some nice scoops Morrell, on the other hand, like, It's not. Yeah, ni- nice play. Yeah, Mor- Morell. On the other hand, like Let's go to Morell. Morell's been called like up. almost. He he he's up. Um, like if he's playing every. So here's the deal. I and we've talked about it before. I'm nervous about the Cubs going back to a boomer bust lineup. I I understand that we are going to have guys on the team that are going to strike out twenty five. Uh, percent of the time or more. Morrell is striking out 30% of the time at AAA. That scares me, all right? To put it in perspective, Mervis, I think, was like at 15 or 19, 19 in AAA, so manageable. When you got guys like Patrick Wisdom, now Christopher Morrell, those are two, that's like north of 30% in strikeouts. Uh, Ian and, and Dansby strike out around 23%. Ian's done a better job over his career figuring that out. Um, I'm just nervous about adding a guy in that's going to strike out a whole lot, but sure, I get it. He's going to hit. He's going to hit home runs. He's going to be exciting. He's going to hit a lot of triples. He can play everywhere. I get it. I just want to be cautious about just putting in a guy like him, knowing the feast or famine nature of his. But game. when it's a feast, oh boy, it's a feast. When it's a feast, it, I, I know. When it's a feast, it's a freaking feast. I get it. I, I t- I'm 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 totally there with you, uh, but we've played that game before. We've walked that fine line. We've walked that razor's edge, right? Where it's like, it's really good when it's good, but it can be really bad when it's bad. Um, and that's why ultimately, I said it. I think last week. I think ultimately for Christopher Morale, 
it depends on how the Cubs are going to structure their team. Like, if they're going to stay on this route of trying to limit strikeouts, trying to be more consistent at the plate, trying to have guys that aren't as boom or bust, I think Christopher Morrell fits into the team. But if the Cubs go back or have to add some power, like you bring up a guy like Brennan Davis who's going to, you know, strike out a lot, unfortunately, and you add some other guys to the team that have that same profile, that worries me in terms of Christopher Morrell's future as a Cub because I just don't know how many guys you can have like that in the lineup and then not go back to where we were 2018-19 where, you know, Theo's like the the offense broke, right? Because that's exactly what happened. The boomer bust killed us in the end. We had way too many guys that essentially did the exact same thing at the plate um, and it, you know, basically destroyed our offense like the last one for the bunch is Amaya. Your thoughts on Amaya is a weekend. Um, good, uh, good. Yeah. Good debut. I know he, he was fired up about to go, go Cubs go, uh, good debut. Nothing crazy. I'm, I'm, Hey, if this is going to have to be another podcast, but, uh, just going into detail with how the Cubs are probably going to handle catchers in the future. I just think it's going to be, Defense, 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 and then if you get hit and we can find a way to platoon you, then then you have a spot here. But I just don't think the Cubs are ever going to go back to the offense first catcher. We're seeing it with Wilson Contreras now. Um, if if Miguel can figure out that route and how he handles a team and how he handles the pitching staff, then he, he's going to have a role here. But I'm glad he was able to fit in. Uh, until Jan comes back. And he'll be sent down, and that's fine. I'm not going to have a problem with it. And for all the people that are going to say, Tucker Barnhart's got to get out of here, I hear you, but I'm not willing to pull the plug on that just yet because I realize that the Cubs, Jed, Carter, are all valuing uh, what the catchers are doing behind the plate more than they necessarily are uh, at the plate hitting. All right, and we went through a bunch of Twitter highlights, so we don't have to re-hit on those, but I just got one for you. Um, don't cry when I show you this one. Um, it's our guy, Frank, the tank in Japan. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. What's that? I know he hit his first homer. That's why I know. That's what I mentioned earlier. He hit his first tank. Good for him. I'm happy for Frank. What a place. Uh, talking about overcooking the ham, Adam. I, I, you know, at the end of 2021, sure as hell I did that. No, um, I, I disagree. I tweet out there. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I find, I have, I have find the tweets I had about Frank. Swindell. He was Fred. He I was all we had, and the dude was hitting. Like, I know he was. The dude was. I know. Was the number one hitter in the NL for the second half of that season. No, no, I get it. He, I know he, he was incredible uh, that second half. Uh, I told, I totally get that. He, he was incredible that second half. And the back of his jersey right now, like him and Mike Trout. The back of his jersey right now says Frank the Tank in Japanese. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Um, I'm glad he's still playing. I'm, I'm like genuinely glad, glad he's still playing because in my mind, his fall off is like so. Like he went from like the Cubs, the Cubs were the Cubs and Marquee Network were using Pat Wisdom and Frank Schwindel as like their marquee, no pun intended, players for like. Four months of the season, the start, the end of 2021 and the start of 2022. And next thing you know, Frank is out of Major League Baseball and having to play in Japan like 12 months later. 
Frank was our starting first baseman this time last No, and, and they would just decide, like, within and a couple of hours, they were like, yeah, he's not starting. And then, wait, no, he's get in, on a spirit flight, middle seat, across country. Yeah, he's in Japan, dude. He played in Mexico, right? Now he's in Japan. No, DR, like, I think. Talk about a fall from grace. Somewhere. You know somewhere. He was playing he, somewhere. He probably but... could have, after that 2021 season, I know he had a – another stint with the Cubs. I would have just retired then as a Cub, worked like in the local Wrigleyville, some some sort of small business there. He would have been a legend. I mean, he would have been a legend. He still is. He might be. Yeah. I know, but it was so short-lived, though. Like, it was really like, it was It was that. just a like, special moment because we were so was, lost. We were so lost, and he was all we had. Well, I mean, I think you I think you did a good job being like, let's just celebrate this for what it is, where everyone else was like, oh, my God, this guy's – like brutal you guys are you know getting way over oh, the no. top where i'm like in the I middle like Still i want to frank because he was awesome i know i want to celebrate frank because it was awesome but at the same time like i tried to do a better job putting things into perspective and not get way too over the top because then i feel like i just you know i'm gonna hurt myself and i feel like i hurt others when well, i'm I gonna that. say if if you're a fan a cubs fan that wasn't celebrating frank the tank in his prime then I really question. I agree. I totally agree. He I was, think you're with the wrong organization. Him, we talked about it. Him going to Murphy's was great. It was like the perfect fit at the perfect time, but ultimately had a brutal ending. It would have been better if he was like still hanging around on the team, right? Like if he could be Eric Hosmer, that would be the perfect situation, right? Like we had to get Eric Hosmer to be Frank Schwindel, for as stupid as that sounds, right? Like Frank could have been our backup first baseman, and that would have been cool. But, like, he fell off the place on the face of the earth. And he's on the other side of the earth in Japan. Like, that's how, that's how, that's how ridiculous and crazy bad it got for him. So, I'm, I'm simply glad he's still playing and he's providing for his family. Because, again, his word's not mine. Like, for years in the minor leagues, he's like, I can't buy a house because I don't know who's going to be – who I'm playing for. I don't know if I'm going to be in the big leagues. I don't know if I'm making a minor league salary. Um, I'm just glad he's still playing. I think one more thing on Frank Schwindel, because you know how how big of a fan I am. I think one of the worst things that could have happened to him is that he faded <laughs> out in in the darkness of the offseason, where it was just kind of like, yeah, we've let go of Frank Schwindel. And everyone's like, oh, it's kind of sad. But he didn't get the full-on, like, goodbye video like that morale supply code would have posted like yeah you're right he never yeah yeah you're right he I'm never do did. that it was like to... well because what happened was well what happened was is he got demoted last year and then he came back and then that that's when he really faded out then it was like oh well we just dfa'd him like again and then like once that happens then you're just kind of like oh he's i guess he's just not good and that's kind of a tough thing to swallow yeah so I all I'm saying is he deserves a proper goodbye, and I'll post a video for him very soon. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we got to have him on. I'd love to talk yeah. to him, and actually, I'd love to talk. I'd love to talk St. John's. I'd love to talk about Rick Pitino. Um, me being a college basketball fan, I'd love to talk to him about that. I'm. He's just a grinder, man. He's just a grinder. I'd love to. I'd love to chat. Eventually, we will. That's like more of an off season thing, though. All right, that was uh, Twitter highlights for last week. Yep. All right, heading into, uh, or based off of last week, who do you want to take to Olive Garden as a token of your appreciation? Um, 
who do I want to go to Olive Garden with? I mean, there's one. There's um, one guy that would be. It makes for an amazing dinner. I could see it right now. Father um, to father, I could see you guys really getting along. Father to father, his son finally made it to the big leagues. Oh yeah, no. Right, no, I, I was thinking players. I was trying to think about who played like exceptionally. Yeah, let's go, Mr. Mervis, Matt Mervis, Matt Mervis's father. I think his name's Joe. Yeah, no, Jeff, Jeff Mervis. Um, no, we're, yeah, that that would be perfect. Um, go talk about uh, talk about life. Talk about talk about the hair. Um, talk about you know talk about confidence. Talk about confidence in the sense that, hey, Je- hey, Jeff, Jeff, hey, Jeff, why did you, you know, you came out firing the first day with the hair and then the next few games you had a hat on. Like, what are we doing there? Like, that's not, that's not how we win. We, we, we don't win like that. You, you can't just, you know, uh, go in your shell. And I'm telling you, over, over a, a basket of sticks, like, that's how we start to get that confidence back. That's how we start to feel good again. That's how we start to build, build morale. Him being like, yeah, you know what this this look does look good, which it does, by the way. I would if I had it, I would rock it. Maybe not at my age. I'm, you know, whatever, thirty or twenty five years younger than Jeff, but um, I would I would definitely rock it at his age. He, he, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That hair was phenomenal, and uh, I, that's you're absolutely right, Adam. I would love to share a basket of breadsticks with him. Yeah, he can. He, he looks can do like he can put down a hundred. He raised his son. He could put down a hundred. He could put down a hundred because I think he's benching like five hundred pounds. So he's got to, you know, obviously, you know, feed the beast, man. Looks like an absolute tank. I love to see. Not, 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 not because I think, not because I thought he was out of shape. I thought he was in shape. Looks like he could put down five chicken parms and fifty sticks. Absolute house. That's why the hair is even funnier. Cause he's like, he looks like a, he looks like a, he looks like a Ford F one fifty, but with this like GQ haircut of like a sixty year old. Like the, it was even like coiffed too, like on the side. It's not like he was just a mess up top. No, like he, it was, this, it was he he spent, he spent time combing that, and it had some volume to it, and and, and it looked good. It just, it was unique. It was unique. <laughs> it was a dad move, and I and I love it, and I respect it. It was. I mean, no, I mean the, the story of this podcast is the fact that your dad brings out different doors at different times. My engagement party, and you have never talked to him. About my engagement it. party. He uh, he came out. He came out without one, and then like we're all about to take photos. He disappears for thirty seconds, pulls one out. Pulls out the white one with the black the black uh, stripe across. Incredible! I feel like you're trolling me, but that's incredible. No, and you do you not agree? Dads have that thing about them, like they have some weird thing that they just are confident with for no reason. Yeah. And nobody, nobody necessarily agrees with it. <laughs> no, I do. It's like a well, it's just like not caring and. Um... <laughs> It's the quote. It's the quote of you. You go back to what you know. You go back to what you know. That's and that's what he. That's what, his good days. His good days. When he looks back at his life, his good days had that hair. So he has to have it. He's got to go back to it. It's what he knows. I love it. I love it. 
All right, take- I love it too. What's with your hair? Are you you going no hair? I remember you were talking to Ian. I, mean, I, I just cut my. You know I. You know no, I. No, but you were talking to Ian about maybe getting the hair, getting the hair game. Oh, I've always, I've all, no, no, I've always, I've always said I would get hair replacement surgery, um, and I would be like full on public about it. I that would be like my first sponsorship. I would like full. I would document everything. I, <laughs> but you would have I'd to hide your in. face, so it would just be a blurred face <laughs> with your head. Your document documenting your hair journey well like if i ever if i did ever if i did ever go like full time and, and did you know uh go more or less public then yeah i would i i would full i would do it reach out to restore i would do straight up i'd even do it if i blurred my face that might even be more funny but um uh yeah i i would document everything not not like not like some not like people who will go you know, they go on hiatus for a while and then they show up like with, you know, new hair and a new hairline. Like my hair, my hair is what it is. It's getting progressively worse every single day. I'm not even going to like, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And I've, I've just come to accept it. Oh, my hair was so bad this weekend before I cut it too. Um, and, uh, yeah, but if I ever did it, I, I would, I, I document it. Um, and, uh, see how it went. And if it looked bad, it looked bad. But if it if it did, if it looked bad, I would just own it and either have it and wear it or just continue to you know shave it. Uh, but if it looked good, like I don't know, we we'd be all in it together, and 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 hopefully it would look good. All right, take us out this week. We talked about it already, but the Cardinals series, and then yeah, Wilson Contreras. I I just I I feel um, with everything that's going on with him. If he hits a home run, he actually might run through. He just, like, might hit the home run and just run through the right field wall. Like, he's not going to make the turn. He's just going to, like, run all the way down the right field line and, you know, run onto Sheffield and just, like, run into the, the apartment buildings. <laughs> um, he's going to be a nut job. <laughs> he's going to be that, that. Adam, that's honestly all I'm thinking about is, like, Wilson Jarrett being a nut job. <laughs> Dude, he was a nut job back. I mean, he he was he was he was off the wall when he was like on the team and like had a position in starting. Now he's he's left his team he's known for 13 years. One month in, he's been demoted and now he's a DH only. He's got he's got to be losing his mind. So I guess I'm just looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Cubs like beating them by 50 because the Cardinals are t- terrible. But um, I'm just looking forward to Wilson a to start a fight or b to just like literally become like a like a werewolf on the field, man. Just like going out of his mind, like the Hulk, just going out of his mind. Um, and I'll tweet about it too. Like I'll again if he hits like a home run, if he hits a home run and it's like a bomb and he's going crazy. I'll tweet about it and, and I'll, I'll give him props because, um, I'm not, it's not like I want him to do it, but I do want to see him like kind of lose his cool. Yeah. I mean, that's why we loved him. Cause he's a left. He just has that energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that's right, why and, we and love your him. final vote. Uh, if you're, uh, you said you're standing and cheering if you're at the game for his first, uh, at bat. Oh, hundred, yeah, yeah, standing and cheering, yeah, yeah. He gets, he gets it one time, not, not throughout the game, 
absolutely not throughout the game. One time, cheer for him. Um, I mean, he he was my he was my backstop, you know, for so long. Um, yeah, absolutely. But also like making fun of like, you know, better organization. Making fun of, I mean, he's got a number. Uh, thinking of all the Cubs players, like he's got a lot of lines, you know. And I felt like he almost, I felt like in a way he was almost like protected over the years too, right? Because it was like, oh, Wilson just like made made a mistake or like you know, mm-hmm. well, Wilson, well, Wilson did. I think Wilson did a lot of things like publicly that that he regrets or maybe he doesn't regret or the people around him probably were like yeah Wilson it's probably not the best look um I'm just laughing because uh, the morale count as you're as you're talking the morale count tweeted out he's back and I want to go see what the tweet was (laughs) it was a Christopher morale post on the day that (laughs) I was like is that on purpose troll or what's going on He's back. No, that's a good one. I don't know if that was Gabby or Aaron, but that was that's a good one. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, here's I mean Wilson. You know what? Like, I get the people that are frustrated by Wilson, um, but um, at the same time, like. You know, he's kind of done some of this to himself, and he has alienated a lot of people. Some people take it harder than others. So, um, I don't know. I hope I hope he kind of understands that. It's also the morale thing. I don't remember, but there was a peak <laughs> in the middle of last year where, like, Wilson Gutierrez was, well, like, the leader uh, well, for yeah. Christopher Morale. He was, like, remember the video of him, oh, like, yeah. walk off? Oh, my like, God. Like, don't get me started on my Christopher Morale tweets, Adam. I think I coined him like our leadoff man for the next ten years. I, you know, I I'm trying not to get so excited. Fred, he he has superstar <laughs> energy, so that's all we need. Some of the energy. He does have superstar energy. You're right. He does have superstar energy. He absolutely has. Super, he does. He has like he has this infectious, like positive um, demeanor about him, which is uh, something you don't see but, a lot. But also, especially for guys like. He has the the lowest, actually, might be the second lowest selling morale shirt we've ever released. Well, a little yeah. look behind the curtains for yeah. people. The Mr. Morale shirt is the second worst. <laughs> I thought that one would go better. The no Wilbon Just ugly sweater was the worst. Seemingly... Well, if you have that sweater, you're an absolute legend. No Wilbons. No, no. Was it just no Wilbons? No Wilbons with a, was it like no... a photo of him. And then it was like a Christmas sweater pattern. It was really aggressive. Maybe I. <laughs> How long ago? That was six years ago. It was six years ago, we were just like was... we didn't know what to release on Black Friday, so we put Michael Wilbon on an ugly sweater. Oh man, that was aggressive. That was way too aggressive. I think we sold six. So that was a long time ago. Six people out there with that, that. was a long time ago. Life life's been a lot different since six years ago. Do you remember the no Addison? I, I had hair back then. The the list. What'd you say? Remember the list of the no bottle blondes? Well, but that that was that was the other one. But that that was the that that was that I was thinking the no no will bonds was like no will bonds no will bonds no will bonds like a three, but it was, it was uh, even worse, you know yeah. I think what was it no no Brett Andersons no. 
Well, I, I don't even. I don't even remember what the three was. We had six or someone, seven. Someone. So, I hope someone. No, it wasn't. No, it was three. No, it was not six. Or, no, we had the. We had mocked up the one that was just like a laundry list. Yeah. That went. Remember, we were going to make a long one, kind of like a dress. <laughs> yeah, we had. I see. That's the problem. Is I think this stuff is funny, but you're like, no, this is stuff that's stupid. I'm like, I know it's stupid, but I, it's just funny to do. No Rick Morrissey's, no um, Paul Sullivan's, no Jesse Rogers, no, Rick no Chicago Tribune's, no ground balls, no clickbaits, no Brett Anderson. Oh, well, well, yeah. that, well, that, well, that, 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 that was different. That wasn't that. No one needs the shirt. help facing the shirt you. Was like no. The shirt had three lines. It only had three of them. No kids. No bottle bonds. That was a different time, man. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a different time. That was that was a good time, though. We won back then. Yeah, it was a different time. We we were we were twenty games over back then. Now I feel like we won the goddamn World Series. We're at five hundred. Right? I literally, if you told me, like, how are the Cubs? I f- genuinely feel like we're tw- we're fifty games over five hundred. And if That's t- how good I feel about the team. And if you ask yourself, we're five hundred. If you were to talk to yourself four years ago, you say, "How are the Cubs?" You say, "Well, Wilson Contreras is the DH for the Cardinals. <laughs> Chris Bryant is playing in Colorado. Rizzo's in New York. Absolutely Baez is irrelevant. In Detroit. Chris Bryant is apt. I mean, I hate to see- he is. Talk about a fall from grace. I know the guy's making a hundred something seventy million dollars. Has has there ever been an MVP that is like still like he's only like what thirty years old, thirty one years old, ever been talked about less? Do who thinks about Chris Bryant outside of Colorado? Well, the weird part is Bellinger kind of had the same path, but like he still like the feeling about Bell. Obviously, he, he's come back this year, but he had more juice than Chris. Yeah. Chris has no juice, man. I mean, I had to search him. I had to search him up to try to find any highlights. Like you can't find the guy. He's buried in Col- who stinks, by the way. I mean, that organization is. I mean, talk about a just a just an absolute mess. But um, I mean, if I say I feel bad for him, everyone's like, "Well, he chose to do it." I just wish that he was a guy that could play on the the brighter stage. I just don't know if he was. Hate to say it, not to not to throw shots at the end of this podcast. I just don't know if he was ever like fully cut out for it. You know, we always we always made the comparison of like Chris versus Bryce Harper, uh, or, or the the similarities between the two because obviously they're from Vegas. Bryce is that guy; he's him. Like Bryce, he wants all the smoke. Bryce comes back from Tommy John wearing a a full on, you know, uh, you know, massive metal brace running around the bases, coming back to play first base six months after Tommy John. Not saying Chris isn't tough or anything, but like Chris is like chosen to kind of go away in Colorado. Like never, you literally won't hear from him again. We will see, we'll see Chris a couple times a year and be like, "Oh, Chris is still playing." This guy's an MVP. This guy was like one of the best players in base. He was like a top two, three player in baseball. He was like one of the top baseball players in terms of his rise from. San Diego through the minor leagues. I mean, he was freaking God. And now, like, what? Three years later, you can't even hear from him. Anyways. Anyway. It, it came to mind. Last week, it just came to my mind. It's like, And I know people talk about it, and he, he decided to do it. But, like, 
man, he really, he's like non-existent. He's making millions, though. Good for him. Making absolute bank. Good for him. He's happy. All right, we'll end on that. Enjoy uh, breadsticks with Mr. Mervis. Yeah, what an absolute legend. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, God bless you and your family. I hope this is a fantastic week with a lot of of stuff that's going to happen. I can feel it, and then we'll go from there. See you all next week. Adios. See ya.